Hi, I'm Dave Miller at DriveWithDave.com. I get to drive some of the fastest, coolest, sexiest cars on the planet. Ever since I bought my first Ferrari, I've been immersed in the global car community. Now I travel the world uncovering the hidden gems in luxury transportation and connecting with extraordinary car enthusiasts. Join me as I find the most exotic cars, meet the owners, and get the behind-the-scenes stories of the world's most exclusive rides. Those that really love sports car racing regularly take their cars to the track. Instead, my guest took his passion for racing and built his own damn track. Now, not only one of the premier private racetracks in the United States, but an extremely successful business as well. How does one do all that? And I thought, let's just ask him. My guest today is Mark Basso, president, CEO of the Autobahn, an auto racing themed country club located in Joliet, Illinois. I met Mark Basso when I was the regional director of the Central States Ferrari Club. He asked me if he could speak with Ferrari Club members about a private track he was going to build in the western suburbs of Chicago. Crazy, I thought. Now more than just a track, what's the behind the scenes story on how this all came to be? From where it is to where it's going. Mark Basso, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I appreciate you spending some time with us. You know, Mark, uh, obviously everybody knows or at least should know about the Autobahn Country Club, but that's not where you started. Obviously, there was something before this uh, a little bit. Give me a little bit of background on where you were before. Yeah, I mean, Dave, it's, uh, I've always been a car guy my whole life, you know, growing up. Uh, you know, I think I was 10 years old watching NASCAR and people thought, who the heck, what's that about? You know, mm -hmm. but uh just it was just inherent in, in myself that I love cars and and speed from bicycles and go karts when I was a kid. Although my parents wouldn't let me have one, which maybe uh, caused this frustration, which <laughs> made me even more into cars in my life. And then, uh, interestingly enough, in uh, when I was in high school, my parents belonged to a golf country club, and I thought, yeah, this is really cool, except for the golf part. You know, I mean, I thought, wow, this is a neat a neat place, but I. Uh, you know, I would drive my Trans Am about 90 miles an hour up the uh, winding entrance road to the club. And they said, hey, to my dad, you know, your son, I don't know if he should really be invited here anymore. So <laughs> it just kind of fed my uh, my habit and need for speed. So the Autobahn, the genesis of the Autobahn idea was you belonging to a country club. You don't like golf either. And trust me, I, I do not like golf. Just just ask the people I play with. <laughs> I know you also got into sports cars and... Um, <laughs> What would you buy first? You know, it's uh, it started out, I mean, with uh, uh, a 74 Firebird, then went to a 78 Trans Am, and then which got in a lot of trouble in college with that car. That, that was a lot of fun. But uh, then after college, it was uh, 83 280ZX Turbo. So, you know, the digital dash and uh, the car that talked to you. And it was it was a pretty quick car for for its time and i think i was uh, 23 years old when i bought a brand new one which was pretty crazy but uh why not right and then after that it, it became porsche world i was i always wanted a porsche in college and had you know the posters like i think everybody did uh yeah. Farrah Fawcett on one wall and a 911 on the other but you know so then uh you know, graduated to my first was an 85 944 and the car just you know handled amazingly yeah uh, you know, so then it was, you know, way too much trouble on the streets and started to had to learn how can I try to use this somewhat responsibly, which was kind of a new new thing. <laughs> so so that's where the car club came into play, you know. Sounds to me like you acquired a lead foot a little early in life. Oh yeah, from from day one pretty much. Yeah. Whatever was fast and 
you know, I played sports my whole life too, played football and baseball and played football in college. So, you know, I was into, I always said that I, if, if a sport requires a helmet, then I'm into it. So tennis was out. Uh, so checkers yeah. was out. Yeah. Yeah. Back to this whole Porsche thing. You bought a Porsche and then. Right. You know, my first uh, 944 was uh, interesting because I did, at that point, I still didn't really know about the Porsche club. And then by that time I was got married and uh you know you're starting a family and i was an insurance broker you know after right after college that's what i went into and you know that uh, it was a field i felt i could you know do well financially and still have freedom to you know do other stuff boating water skiing and barefoot water skiing and slalom tournaments and stuff like that along with with the the car stuff and then then really um like the 944 but obviously i wanted something faster so i bought an 88 944 turbo s which was a limited edition car and when i got that one that's when i i uh, said well i really need to start getting more structured with this car so i joined the porsche club at that point and then they introduced me to autocrossing and then started driving on track and that's when basically the you know the disease spread <laughs> the disease it went it went level 4 at that point so somewhere along the line there was this convergence of your parents country club a very yep. fast sports car and the idea right. of driving on the track right out of this came really the reason that I wanted to spend a little time with you this morning was uh, was the autobahn did uh, and first right. of all before we really go into the autobahn did everybody besides me think you were nuts Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, but uh, just to have a way of oversimplifying things when I was it's funny when I was like 12 years old or 10 or something like that, there was a field behind our house. And, you know, we were into bicycles and, and my parents wouldn't let me have a dirt bike, which, of course, I wanted badly. But so I just took the mower and went out into the field and mowed out this course, you know, we went out there with our bikes. And so it didn't. It wasn't hard. So you know, the thought. Well, geez. Well, how hard could it be to build a racetrack? You know, a country club is just you get a bunch of land and you you pave a track in the middle of the land. What's the big deal? So, <laughs> which uh, obviously it was. But uh, you know, but uh, after starting the, with the Porsche Club and doing some events and things, and you know, then that's when you started to go to these tracks. Gingerman, which is fun. Blackhawk, they're fun. Road America, all of them were fun. But you know. 20 years ago, those tracks were pretty, pretty sparse. They right. were far away. Mm -hmm. There was zero amenities, and my wife and young kids were not going to go there on weekends. That was just out of the question. Uh, to, there was nothing to do. So, you know, as I started to participate and get more into this, you know, just this thought is creeping up like, well, how come these tracks are so far and there's no amenities and no structure? And, you know, I have to sign up on a weekend when something always just comes up, you know, with my, my life. And so, you know, I just want to go when I want to go. If I want to go on Tuesday afternoon to go play, why, why can't I? So mm -hmm. those are the questions that I started to ask myself. You know. and, and, and Mark, what made you think a private racetrack would work? Now, I get the idea of taking the old John Deere out into the field. Let's knock down right. some weeds. But then right. suddenly, then suddenly you're pouring concrete. What, uh, yeah. you know, is it a build it and, and they will come kind of thing? Well, you know, you just started, uh, I just started studying golf country clubs. And this was really in the early 90s when 
I kind of had the idea and got thought more about it. And then the mid nineties, when I really started saying, well, geez, if, you know, this is, uh, I thought a simple idea of combine the golf, the structure of a golf country club with a road course. And, and, uh, I just thought that, uh, you know, you look at the golf country models and you get a number of members that pay an initiation. So you have money for capital improvements and then you have dues from members, which are predictable. So therefore you've got a revenue stream. And, and then at one point I talked to some guy and I don't even remember his name who owned a track in Canada. And he said, what you got to do is you got to have two tracks. He said, otherwise it won't work. And that was a very simple, but very important fact that you have to have two tracks because you need rental revenue to offset the members costs. Otherwise it becomes really, really expensive. Right. The rental track. Um, so these things started to come together, and so start writing out a you know very simple business plan, and and started understanding this, and started trying to understand road courses and things, and that's when you know I, I uh, started to talk to my partners, who eventually uh, my first partner is actually my brother-in-law Tim O'Donnell, who's still my partner, and then also Mike Keck, who was an insurance client of mine mm -hmm. for years. And so Tim is a CPA, corporate tax attorney. He was a partner at Better Price for a long time. Tim likes cars, but he's not a car guy. He looks at everything from pure financial. Does this make money? Is this going to work? And he thought, ah, there's just not enough people. There's not enough demand. But then little by little, as I started showing him the, the number of members in just car clubs, the Porsche Club, the BMW Club, motorcycle clubs you know you look at that in the chicago area you see that there's thousands and thousands of car club members that are very enthusiastic and i thought well i mean there's got to be three four hundred of these guys that would step up and want to do this uh provided the right structures there and that's you know that's what we were kind of convinced and mike keck was in the porsche club as well and he owned an advertising agency so we had three guys with very opposite skills which is very important. You can't have three of the same guys. So Mike had the advertising, I had the insurance and sales and marketing, and then Tim was the legal and finance. So the three of us then got together and you know started forming the structure and the idea and you know started launching the, the concept. Let's pretend I'm one of those four or five people in the Midwest that don't know anything about the Autobahn. So so give me a thumbnail description. Describe it for those who have never been there. Uh, Autobahn is a country club for car enthusiasts where you can come out as a member six days a week for seven months of the year and there's always a track ready for you. There's safety, there's corner workers, there's a chef. There's all the country club amenities available to you except on a car related basis mm -hmm. and and these these members where do they come from uh the majority are within an hour plus drive but we do have members from virginia from new york from all over the country you know and as people become more you know living in different parts of the country now and spending time still in chicago a lot of people who sell their businesses or sell their big homes their personal primary residence may be in Florida or out west somewhere for six days in one month of the year, and then they spend the rest of their time in Chicago. A lot of them stay now at Audubon or buy a place in the city and then come out to Audubon to play. So, you know, uh, there's a shift of people selling their big homes, but they still have cars and toys and motorcycles. So that's 
really is what starts to launch the real estate component of Autobahn now is, is this changing from your five bedroom big home when the kids are all gone to getting maybe a place in the city, a place in Florida, but I still got toys and I want to use them. So where can I do that? Well, why not do that where you can actually use the cars and toys and motorcycles? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of, you know, what helped create Autobahn Realty and that part of the business. I, of course, have been to the Autobahn many, many times, and so many of the members here have just way cool garages, lots of cars, living facilities at the track. Was that something that, was that coincidental? Did that come Uh, after? Yeah, it was interesting is uh, when the engineers were doing the development of, of the project and laying out the track and I said to them, hey, you know, some of the members may want to buy lots because I part of when growing up, I was, you know, my parents had a summer home in, on a lake in Wisconsin. And so I thought, geez, maybe guys would want to build garage mahals, jokingly, that mm-hmm. would overlook the track. So at one of our early founders meetings, um, I, I said at the meeting, hey, if you guys are interested to come after, after the meeting, the engineers put 19 lots on the north track. And so you can buy a lot and build the garage mahal so after the meeting everybody came up and said i want this one i want that one they said mm-hmm. what do they cost and i said uh, 100 grand they said all right <laughs> so we sold we sold 19 lots basically immediately mm-hmm. and so that 1.9 million plus the founder founding members the 40 founding members initiation and now we started to get some momentum so so it was 100 grand in are you disappointed you didn't yell 200 uh, you know, no, you know, you've got a new business. You, you, you can never be greedy. Obviously, right. everybody wants more, but it has to be good for everybody. So how, how, Mark, how many members do you have right now? Uh, about 430. Is there room for more? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one difference between a, a golf country club and a motorsports country club is the capacity of a road course is huge. You know, uh, you're when you golf, there's four guys out there for four hours and they're creeping around the course and you can't you can't have so many guys backed up and waiting mm-hmm. in a road course. You have 20 minute sessions that go throughout the day. And, you know, if you do, as you know, Dave, you do three sessions. That's a lot. That's you know? a lot. So mm-hmm. you've got capacity for a lot of sessions and a lot of time. So and and uh, the other thing is the environment is different when you're on a golf course. You want, you know, the four of you are out there by yourself. It's awesome, you know, but. If there's four guys at a racetrack, it's like, yeah, this is not the environment. So you want activity and buzz and excitement. So that's what additional members bring is is the excitement and buzz. And, oh, look at that car and look at this car. And, wow, this guy just got a new race car. So, you know, you see every imaginable type of car, street car, race car, everything is here on a daily basis. So it's pretty amazing. It sounds like members have a lot of interaction with each other. They do. And that's the other thing is it's very social is when you golf, you're out there for four hours. It's you and your foursome, which is great. But at a road course, you're out there 20 minutes and you're back in the clubhouse checking your lap times. You know, you're chatting with people in the paddock. So it's very, very social environment and you get to network and meet a ton of amazing people here at, at the facility. You know, Mark, I, I also remember somebody saying something I, I I heard someone say about you have lapping days for non-members or something like that, so I can I can bring out my RV and try and hit some apexes. <laughs> sure, sure. And that's the beauty of the two-track model is that's why we have that is so that while members are on one track, we rent the other track out to car clubs, you know, events, motorcycle groups, manufacturers, car dealers, 
you know, you name it, we, you know, we basically rent out that other track so that a BMW, a guy who just buys a new BMW can sign up for BMW own rewards or an Audi owner rewards or <clears throat> Ferrari club might be out here, the Porsche club. So BMW club is coming this weekend. So, you know, we have a lot of uh, amazing events that can utilize the facility. Mark, let me switch gears for just one second, because you had said earlier you were insurance. Boy, those insurance people. Um, yeah, after right. 20 years in insurance, what, he what helped you make the leap? But uh, was this a leap of faith? Were there fears? How did you overcome this? I mean, yeah, it's a great conversation with your wife. Hey, Dave, you know, you know, or, hey, honey, you've, we've had this great life and trips and, you know, you get to do a lot of events and insurance and you've got a nice renewal income and it's like, hey, let's throw it all away and risk everything uh -huh. <laughs> and start this new project that nobody else has ever done. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty scary. I mean, you, uh, you know, you just had to go for it, and it's such a capital-intensive business too that requires huge amounts of upfront money. And you know, build it. What if they don't come? You know, so mm -hmm. it's you know, yeah, it was a big risk, but you know, you just, I don't know, you, you just. Uh, if you're really passionate about something and you want to take that chance, you know, you, you got to go for it. Otherwise, I just didn't want to be that guy at, at age 75 going, wow, somebody, you know, somebody else did it. And I wished I would have done it when I had the chance. How did you make that actual decision, though? Did you sit down, put your feet up with a pad of paper and say, I love the idea of what I'm going to do. I think this is going to make money. Honey, yep. this is where we have to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh you know, there's all that, you know, you looked at the papers, the numbers, it's something that takes over your psyche and you think about it 24 seven. And, you know, that's any business owner goes through those same issues. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a leap, but, uh, we had a good team and there was, you know, really good response. I mean, obviously we didn't do this in a vacuum. We talked about the idea to these potential founding members and you could see the excitement of these guys like, Oh my God, that's awesome. I, I'm in, you know? So, you know, as the idea just literally developed and evolved more than anything and, and little by little you would, you know, make a one little success and then people would hear and they were that more, much more excited. So it really was, it just didn't happen overnight. I mean, it was, years and years and we got kicked out of several locations autobahn where we built the facility was not where we wanted to you know so this was our you know the third third try almost at it and um so that was that was a very very tough process right there uh because we couldn't you know you can't take money from people uh you've got to invest your own money to a certain point um you know to kind of have proof of concept to a certain extent so the first location we wanted to do it was at the uh, DuPage Airport, where the technology park is, or I should say isn't. <laughs> but anyway, there was a lot of land there, and they didn't want it there. And then we went to Sugar Grove next to the Aurora Airport because, you know, planes are louder than cars. So we thought, hey, guys could fly in their jets and, you know, get in their cars. And, you know, that was the same situation there, the, that the people of Sugar Grove did not want us there at all. And... Uh, so then that was that was a hard, that was a big blow when it didn't work there because we had thought we had good momentum and we had some support, but once we got into the public meetings, we got shot down. And about the same time, the NASCAR guys were going through the same thing we were, really, and they went to Joliet and said, hey, 
you know, this is our plan. And Jolie embraced them immediately and said, wow, we already have the drag strip here. We got lots of land just south of I-80. Come on in. So the NASCAR guys were approved. And as soon as we heard that, we said, oh, that's where we need to go. We went, met with the city of Joliet. They said, that's awesome. It fits right in here with the NASCAR track, the drag strip. There's lots of land. So we ended up getting a piece of property that totally superior to the other two locations for building the track. It's big and a little diverse property, although developing it wasn't easy. But um, so, you know, I think it worked out great. You know, we're, we're in a great place where we have more land that we a lot of things we we've done here we wouldn't have been able to do in sugar grove i didn't know that and it sounds to me like your takeaway is it's it's one of those old adages about it's not how how many times you get knocked down it's how many times you get up yeah there's there's doing a project like this it's never oh here's a piece of property no problem and everything you know like i said we went through a lot of trials and tribulations noise issues uh, you know it was it was a lot but one of the interesting things when we we're getting shot down in sugar grove uh we were fortunate to meet with jerry rich and uh he owns rich harvest farms and so jerry was he was a wonderful man and very supportive and said you know i've done studies from northern illinois and then you combine the the wealth of the five collar counties it could be the i don't know 20th largest country in the world or some it was some big number and I, I can't quote it exactly, but, um, so that gave a lot of confidence that the idea, you know, has, there's the demographic population and wealth necessary to support it. So, you know, that helped once again, but yeah, the, it was not easy. And the, even then when we got to Joliet and even with the backing of the city, uh, you still had to develop the property. You have to deal with, there's gas pipelines to cut through the property. There's, uh, you know, wetlands that you have to deal with, which is a, that's a year process right there. You know, there's engineering. Then what if the property is too expensive to develop where you can't even build the track because you could never pay it off because it would be too expensive. So, and you don't find that stuff out until the shovels start going in the ground. So there's quite a, there's quite a, I always described it as walking through a a field with landmines and you know what each step <laughs> either is it gonna is this the one that's gonna blow you up or are you gonna make it past that hurdle for the next hurdle so uh, it was very very challenging project and we also had a cemetery which we have on property which i don't know if any other road course in the u.s has this, its own cemetery so that's uh it was another little thing to overcome but you know we didn't move it or anything it's it's actually uh, tucked away in the quiet part of the facility, and it's beautiful, and we maintain it, and, you know, it's a family cemetery. So, But that was just another thing to deal with. Uh, Mark, do you use that cemetery as a, um, as a poster for doing the best you can on the track? <laughs> <laughs> you buy a lot here and we'll give you a plot as yeah. well, right? <laughs> you know, and you know what's funny is I, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with friends and clients in Chicago about the Autobahn Country Club. Yeah. We've all said the same thing. Why why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, the Autobahn well, is a business now, and uh, right. I, I apologize for all of us saying, oh, you've had an overnight success. <laughs> but yeah, right. what have you learned about business from oh. from the Autobahn? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts with this type of business. I mean, we have a, a full kitchen, a restaurant. We've got, you know, safety, security, registration. You know, it's 350 acres. So, you know, there's 
you know, you, there's really three companies. There's Audubon Realty, which develops lots, and now we've developed our first and sold our first condo building. We have uh, 23 rental garages all leased out, so we're going to build more. Um, you know, getting all the infrastructure in place is, is critical because most of the members, like you, Dave, I'm just guessing that you don't work on your car. <laughs> I could be wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, so we have to have things in place for the members. So we we're fortunate that we have four pro race shops on site, uh, Team Stradale, Fallline, Eurosport, and Havoc. So the members can just show up and, and their cars can be maintained, stored here. You can build, these guys will build your race car, maintain it, maintain your street car. So, you know, if you're out here and something doesn't feel right, you can just run right over to one of the shops and they'll mm-hmm. take care of you. And that, that level of safety is helped dramatically compared to when you're one time is that ginger motor one of my mustangs and crack brake rotor and now she's you're you're stuck <laughs> there's right. really nothing you can do you're stuck but in here, south haven yeah yeah here are all the infrastructure is in place so those issues are taken care of quickly for you so it's that was important but yeah the real estate development component of this project is huge and um cars take up a lot of space so you know that's where the real estate has grown from and uh, tell me about that too I, I assume that there's more you said something about your first condo i yeah fill yep. in on that so so basically when we as we mentioned as i discussed earlier that we had the 19 lots mm-hmm. in phase one and we sold that so then we did phase two phase three phase four and so now we've sold 72 lots on property which have surrounded the track so we're basically pretty much out of lots there are a few that some members who decided not to build are reselling, but Audubon has sold every lot that we've developed, which is pretty nice. And, uh, you know, so, but not everybody wants to buy the lots are generally, you know, 160 to 200 ish range. Um, so, but not everybody wants to buy a lot and spend that kind of money. Um, the garage Mahals are growing and growing. There's two of them that are starting the summer. One is three stories, an elevator is about 12,000 square feet. Another one has a pool, a swimming pool on the roof. <laughs> so <laughs> they're getting pretty incredible, but not everybody wants to do that. So we are developing a ladder system of products. So someone can store a trailer here for 100 bucks a month if they're a member. Then we have a rental. The, the race shops will rent you a space, generally about 350 uh, a month, 400. Uh, we have our rental garages, which are mid 600s, where you can fit two cars in a golf cart and uh, lift in there and great storage. It's convenient, heated. Um, and then the next level above that are the condos. So the condos are, are really, really neat products. So you can actually stay overnight on weekends. We, you know, stay all summer if you want. We don't care. But downstairs, they have uh, room for six cars in the garage, 14-foot-high ceilings for lifts, a nice bathroom with a shower. They have a, a, a laundry room so you can hang your helmets and driving suits, a big storage closet. And then upstairs is 1,250 square feet of living space. So two bedrooms, you know, nice big bathroom, a kitchen with an island, a great room, and a big deck that looks towards the south track. So it's really a great option for the upper threes to mid fours to have, you know, a place to hold six cars and stay for the weekend. So, you know, I think that's a, uh, the key thing about Autobahn is that not only can you store your cars here, but you can use them, you know, 
you can buy a place in the city or wherever and mm-hmm. you know i got my cool cars now what you know you're now you got a highway but here you, you got a racetrack so you can do just do touring sessions if you're a collector you can obviously then drive at speed if you if you want to drive fast and you have a whole community of people just like you so the social side is just huge here you know you open your garage door and people your friends come up in their golf carts and hey let's go to the clubhouse for a beer or lunch and you know then drive on track obviously not after the beer but right you know so <laughs> there's there's the whole social scene so the first condo unit we pre-sold all six units in that and then the next one is five units and we've got uh, four or five already reserved and we'll be starting construction shortly on that so um so it's it's pretty neat you know i i I relish the opportunity to ask you this question because you see all kinds of cars, more than I do, more than most people do. You see everything. So the guy or girl that really has this bug, they've always wanted to start racing. They don't know what to buy. Right. Uh, maybe they come out to the Autobahn, make an appointment to see you. What's What would you What would you say to the average guy or girl doesn't want to spend a lot of money looking for something reliable? What What do they yeah. buy to get going? Well, it's, it's funny because... The answer is probably not the answer a lot of people think of because, you know, just like you, me and you, right? You grew up, Dave, and yep. your cars got faster and faster yep. in Italian and, and so bigger horsepower. But actually, what we kind of tell people is if you're just getting started, the thing that you can't make a mistake buying is a spec Miata race car. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and spec Miata race car, you can buy them all day for twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. They have 120 horsepower, and they are fast. I mean, we have... Our members, the top guys, are doing lap times of a minute 36, minute 37 seconds on our south track. That's fast. In a spec Miata race car. That's and fast. they go and go and go, and the tires, and everything's affordable on a Miata. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have a lot of fun. And what it does is it teaches you to be a good driver because it's, the car doesn't have a lot of horsepower. So you learn to carry momentum through a corner, and that's any pro race driver that wins has learned that skill because you know when you're racing all similarly powered cars you've got the guy who can carry the most speed break the latest has the most car control skills those are the guys that are the champions so you know in a spec miata you can learn these skills and then you know when you you know figure it out or you a lot of guys just stay in in spec miata we have over 90 some members that have them and then uh you know, you can progress if you want to get into a Radical, which is an amazing sports open cockpit sports racer that mm-hmm. we have now almost 50 members that have Radicals. Mm-hmm. And, and then our GT series, which is Porsches and BMWs and Audis and, you know, Corvettes and Mustangs, all bigger horsepower stuff. Um, you know, uh, so it's it's really whatever level you want to play at. We have endurance racing now. We just had our three and a half hour enduro uh, last Saturday, then we have a five-hour coming up, and also a twelve-hour dust till dawn, which is going to be really cool. Racing at night on the full track will be awesome. And then we have a, a go-kart track, so we have a whole fleet of carts, and we have a spec karting series as well. So that's one of the new things is we have a karting membership now, which is only four thousand dollars a year, and dad and kids can come out you know, weekends and, and race carts. We have a spec cart that you can buy. We have a little league one, a junior league and an adult one. So it's something that mom and dad and the family can do together and also participate in social events, watch racing. So it's a great way to get involved 
in Audubon with, with not a lot of money. So now it's become, uh, I, I think in the beginning, the Audubon Country Club was always uh, conceived to be a bunch of track guys going out there. And now now it's getting yeah. to be a little bit uh, a little bit of family, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, now that, uh, you know, the infrastructure is important and add these amenities so that the whole family can come out and have a good time. And, and that's what's needed when you can leave your stuff here and just show up and, and bring friends out. And uh, we have our performance fleet, which is another amazing opportunity. We have cars from, we have the new NSX from Continental. We have Audis and RS7, um, TTRS, uh, RS3 coming, the R8 V10 Plus, uh, BMW M3, M4, M6. Then we got uh, Cadillac and Chevrolet, Lexus, Infiniti, Maserati, Mercedes, Porsche, <laughs> to over 20 cars. So the members can just tour these around on track for no cost at, at lunchtime. Then you can also use these cars. We do corporate events for a half a day experience. So instead of taking a group golfing or the Cubs game or it's something unique and different, you, they can do carding corporate events. So we're really, you know, we've got these assets, these tracks, so we want to use them for corporate entertaining as well. And BMW stepped up this year and gave us 10 brand new cars for our teen and defensive driver training uh, program, which is, I'd sell you our teen is probably, sadly, one of, uh, is not as, as occupied or utilized as it should be, but it's one of the best programs we do, where it's a full day school in the BMWs and that we have a skid car, they do a wet braking drill, lane change maneuver, classroom, they learn how to check tire pressure, change a tire, check the oil, and it's uh, 389 bucks. So it's less than your deductible and it can save your teen's life. So that this thing should be backlogged every event uh, for parents, you know, so. I think everybody wants their kids to be safe and would you rather yep. have that, would you rather have that boy or girl learn about uh, controlling a skid when they're going down the Kennedy or the 405 or would you rather have them learn it someplace safe under professional instruction? No question. Right. Definitely. Hey, listen, just a couple of quick questions before I let you go. But you've raced a great deal. And obviously, uh, obviously, the Autobahn's a wonderful track. But other stuff, uh -huh. favorite tracks, uh, either either as a spectator or as a driver, what would you recommend to people? Well, of course, Road America. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's just such a historic track. I mean, you could never build that track again. So, you know, I just, just love Road America. You know, Laguna Seca is just the environment. You know, but, uh, you know, there's just, there's a lot of, a lot of great tracks in the country and it's neat to see Barber, you know, I mean, what some of these guys have built, unfortunately, I'm not a billionaire, like some of these guys. And, you know, you look at Barber and, uh, you know, what Larry Miller built is just an amazing facility. You know, those are some incredible places. So, um, I love to ask this question at the end of the show of car guys, especially because it, it tells me a little bit more about them. Um, so Mark Basso tomorrow wins Powerball money, no object. What one car would you own and why? Wow. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I, if I had no money was object, then it would, it would have to be a vintage uh, race car because they require <laughs> constant uh, sure. stream stream of fun. So, you know, it might be a 935 Porsche. You know, that that might be might be the one. You wow. know? 
that's that's shooting for the moon you know what mark when i wrap up with you and all of the notes i've taken here and all the things that i've thought about you this is what my takeaways are number one you turned your passion for cars and racing into a very very successful business and if you were if you were mentoring someone about dreams, uh, their passions uh, in life based on your experiences, what advice would you give to a young guy or gal, let's say just coming out of college, uh, to fulfill their dreams? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's scary to make the leap, but I, I just think that, you know, life is short. It's amazing how fast it goes. And, uh, you know, as far as we know, we only get one chance at this, so... You know, you, you've got to do your due diligence. There's no question. But, you know, uh, if you have a passion in life and, you know, you, you hear that over and over and over a million times that, you know, if you, uh, you know, enjoy what you're doing every day, then, you know, you're really not working anymore. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, re- I really think that, uh, you know, to find your passion, whatever it is, be happy in your job. Uh, the insurance business was something I did, but was not my passion. And so, um, you know, I understand. The, I understand that <laughs> you may know about that, but great people, you know, which was important. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you find your passion, and then you got to take some risks in life. Uh, even if you fail, then you start over, and uh, you you tried, and you have no regrets. And I think no regrets down the road is is uh, very important. So. So if somebody's interested in the Autobahn, either as just a spectator, they want to come down there, they want to talk, they want to visit the facility, what what do they do? Uh, obviously, the website. We just redid our websites with uh, American Eagle. So it's, uh, I think, turned out really, really good. So uh, AutobahnCC.com is our website. And certainly, we, we do open houses a couple of times a month for people you know, they're not intimidating. Everything's very controlled. So if you just bought a new Corvette or new Porsche or Mustang or whatever, and you just want to see the place, we're happy to, you know, invite you out and, and show you the property and get you on track and just have a fun afternoon. So you have an absolutely wonderful facility, but I want to thank you for your time this morning, continued successes. And I can't wait to get back to the Autobahn Country Club. I want to thank Mark Basso, President, CEO of the Autobahn Country Club. Call him up, if nothing more than to, I shouldn't say call him up. Sure. Send him an email. Call me. I don't have to work. I'd rather talk to people than work. (laughs) Get in touch with Mark through the website. And uh, again, continued successes. Um, I'll see you when I'm back in Chicago, Mark. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you for listening today. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. Go to drivewithdavepodcast.com and find out how to leave us a review on iTunes. I hope it's a good one, which we would very much appreciate. And there's a way to email us your questions, comments, and who you want on the show as well. All the episodes of Drive With Dave Podcast are on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And an overview of all the shows with links can be found on drivewithdave.com. Don't miss an episode. When you subscribe to the podcast, your device will be automatically updated with the new episodes and old ones will be removed after you've listened to them. No work required. And finally, I hope you also check out our bi-monthly newsletter, which will keep you in the know. And you can sign up at drivewithdave.com.